Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 14 of Revelation chapter 12. And we're going to be reading Revelation 12 verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And the dragon is a reference to Satan. It's another of his names. When he saw, and the the Greek word uh, translated as saw is a word that's translated as no, at times, it's the same word that was uh, in the previous verse, in verse 12, at the end of the verse. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he has but a short time. That's the word uh, translated as knoweth, is, is the translation of the same Greek word that's translated as Saul. When the dragon saw, or knew, that he was cast unto the earth. So Satan knew that something drastically had changed at the time of the Lord Jesus going to the cross and the time of his binding when he was bound for a thousand years. Uh, previously, he had access to God in heaven in order to make his accusations, but no longer. And, and so um, he began to understand that something had changed uh, from how it used to be. And and then it goes on to say, When the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And again, the woman is a picture of the body of believers, the true believers. And the woman had a place prepared for her of God, for the 1260 days, which represented the entire church age period. And that's where she fled, where she would be nourished, where she would be fed by God. And the dragon persecuted the woman. Now, uh, this word translated as persecuted, which is um, 1377 in Strong's Concordance, is a very interesting word. It's translated as persecute or persecuted uh, several times. For instance, in John 15, in John chapter 15, it says in verse 20, Remember the word that I said unto you. And this is the Lord Jesus who is speaking. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. And that is um, a true statement. If Jesus is saying they have persecuted me, they will persecute you also. And actually, we see that worked out in Revelation chapter 12. First, the dragon attempt to destroy the child, Christ. Uh, he stirred up Herod the king, and Herod 
wanted to slay the child. And, and in an attempt, he had all the children two years old and under all the male children killed. And when that failed, when Christ ascended back to heaven, well, then the dragon turns his attention to the woman that brought forth the man-child. And it, it's really following uh, exactly what Jesus said here. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Satan came after Christ when he was on the earth. And now since that's no longer possible, he comes after the body of Christ. He comes after the true believers. The true believers who identify with Jesus through his word. They hold on to and they uphold the word of God. And Christ is the word made flesh. And due to that identification, he, Satan, can spot them. He knows who they are. The uh, Muslims or the Buddhists or the Hindu do not uphold the word of Christ. They uh, they don't relate to the Bible. But the Christian upholds the word of Christ. And yet, uh, even more than that, amongst Christianity or amongst those who profess to be Christians, there are many that are careless with the word of God, the Bible. They don't mind if it's added to or subtracted from. They don't mind if their gospel becomes another gospel. They're just happy to have the name of Christian. And so Satan isn't all that concerned with them. He knows they don't have the truth. They're they're not upholding the word. In order to uphold the word, you have to be faithful to the word. And, and so that narrows the focus down even further to a select group, to certain ones. And during the church age, these uh, individuals would be in the churches. And so Satan assaulted the individual congregations. He, he came against them through his emissaries to pervert the word of God to turn it from a true and faithful church to another kind of a gospel church. And in doing so, it would bring persecution against the woman. Well, um, we also find this word persecution, or the word translated as persecute, in Matthew chapter 5 in the Beatitude. And I'll read verses 10 through 12. Matthew 5, verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, Christ is righteousness. So, we could understand that statement to be saying, Blessed are they that are persecuted for Christ's sake. And actually, the the reference to Christ's sake, or the word's sake, or righteousness' sake, are all synonymous. And And so, blessed are they... God's people, which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. We should be clear, we're not being persecuted. The devil is not uh, persecuting us for our sake. It's not because of who we are personally. And many of us uh, ought to realize that because we previously lived in the world and we didn't experience persecution at that time. There was nobody 
persecuting us because of the person we were that we we attempted to be oh we we thought we were a good person and and the world loves us then and and satan had no problem with us at that point we were in unison with the world at that time but once god began to bring his word to us and drew us out of the world and closer and closer to himself through the ministry of his word and until the point we became identified with the word of God, then persecution began. Not for us, but for the word's sake, for Christ's sake. Well, uh, continuing here in Matthew 5.11, Blessed are ye, when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So this word we can see is uh, often translated as persecute. And what does that mean? Well, we'll attempt to answer that in a little while but uh, we do know it's a negative thing uh, it's not a good thing if uh, the people of the world or if the devil the dragon is persecuting the woman that's not a good thing it definitely has a, a negative impact but uh, let's let's go to another place in second Timothy second Timothy 3 beginning in verse 10 it says but thou hast fully known my doctrine manner of life purpose faith long-suffering charity patience persecutions afflictions which came unto me at Antioch at Iconium at Lystra what persecutions I endured but out of them all the Lord delivered me yea and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That sums it up pretty well. There's no exceptions. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It is to be expected. It is the common Christian, true Christian experience. And as long as we're um, experiencing the persecution for righteousness sake, for Christ's sake, then it is the typical experience of the child of God. And of course, we, we always want to be careful that we're not suffering persecution uh, for anything related to ourself, our own personal difficulties or, or anything like that, but for the word's sake. And, it's the word that Satan, those that identify with the word that Satan comes after to persecute. But again, what is persecution? Well, uh, we probably have some idea because more than likely, each one of us has had some experience with persecution. Maybe at home, maybe at work, maybe just on the street, as we have identified with the Bible. It's very possible we could have experienced some form of persecution. But what is the biblical definition? 
Well, the Bible helps us to define this word through the way that it's translated. And I think we're going to be a little surprised at how else this Greek word translated as persecute very commonly, how else it's translated. In Romans chapter 9, in Romans 9, in verses 30 and 31, it says, What shall we say then? that the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Now the Greek word translated as persecute in Revelation 12 and in the other verses we read is found in both verses 30 and 31. It's it's the word followed after. Followed after. It, it's negated in verse 30, which followed not after. But in verse 31, Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness. Israel went after the law in order to get right with God. And, and, and that is the same word. The identical Greek word translated as persecute. When we're persecuted for righteousness sake. Well, how, how can that make sense? How can, uh, if we substitute the word persecute here, it, it, it doesn't make sense, but Israel which persecuted after the law? No, it, it doesn't go that way. But what if we, um, substituted the word persecute for followed after? Um, for instance, in Galatians 4, in Galatians 4, it's translated as persecute. In uh, verses 28 and 29, it says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. So let's substitute the word follow after. As then he that was born after the flesh followed after him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Now that, that makes more sense than if we were to do the reverse. And we find that this is not an isolated instance of translating this word as follow after. In Romans 14, in Romans chapter 14, it says in verse 19, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. Follow after things which make for peace. A very positive statement. Look at 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 1. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Now, charity is love. Follow after love. Of course, you can't say persecute love. No, but follow after. That's what you and I ought to do. Remember the previous chapter in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 ended. The last verse said, It now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three but the greatest of these is charity. Therefore, in, verse, in chapter 14, follow after charity. Pursue 
charity. And, and you see, now God's defining this word, this word persecute. It means to have a focus on something or uh, someone and to pursue it. In Hebrews 12, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says in verse 14, Follow peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Pursue peace. Um, it says basically the same thing in 1 Peter 3.11, except instead of follow or follow after, it's translated as ensue. Let him seek peace and ensue it. And, and that's the same word. Now let, let's go to Philippians 3. In Philippians chapter 3. And we'll find this word three times in just a few verses and translate as three different ways. In Philippians 3, uh, verse 6. It says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless. So there it's translated as persecuting. And and this is uh, Paul who's um, recalling when he was Saul of Tarsus and, and how he was uh, demonstrating his zealousness for Israel uh, in the Jewish faith. And, and he persecuted the church. And actually, he says in one place that he persecuted from city to city. Now, now again, think of substituting that word follow after. He followed after the church from city to city. He, he was on his way to Damascus to find those of that way, the Christian way, and to hail men and women into prison, compelling them to blaspheme. All that is a part of the persecution But a major aspect to it is the pursuit. He was following after them. It wasn't enough that they condemn the Christians in their own city, but they got on their horses and they traveled to distant cities in pursuit of these Christians. They went after them. Um, now, also here in Philippians 3, in verse 12, it says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. The same word in the same chapter, translated earlier as uh, persecuting, is translated follow after in verse 12. In verse 14, it's translated a third different way. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Press toward. Now that adds a little bit different uh, element. It's um, pressing toward a mark. You, you have established a target. You have the mark. Now, of course, in this case, it's the glorious mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It is eternal life. And and so we press toward that, each child of God. But if you're an unsaved individual, if you're of the kingdom of darkness, if Satan is the one you have been serving, the dragon 
persecuted the woman. He followed after her into the wilderness and to her place where God had prepared for her the church. The dragon came in pursuit of her. Satan came after her. Satan's mark was the woman that identified with the word of God. And he pressed toward that mark. And his emissaries follow his lead. They they also press toward the mark that is established of the word of God in association with the people of God. The, the people who uphold the word and uh, they don't uh, wilt, they don't fade, they, they don't uh, bow the knee to Baal, they do not uh, serve Satan, they do not serve other gods, they serve the true God by maintaining steadfast faithfulness to the word of God, the Bible. Satan comes after them. And you know, um, it, it's very interesting, and this happens occasionally, where you'll find a Greek word that's translated as persecute and also translated as follow after. And then you'll find the Hebrew word translated as persecute that likewise is translated as follow after. So even though, of course, it's a different language, there is a similar idea behind the words used uh, in, in this way. For instance, in Psalm 109, in Psalm 109, we read in verses 15 and 16, Let them be before Jehovah continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth, because that he remembered not to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man, that he might even slay the broken in heart. So there again, typical um, man of the world in pursuit of the child of God, identified as poor and needy, broken in heart. Remember, it's a broken and contrite heart that God will not despise. The heart that he instills, he uh, imparts to each one that he saves and that is the individual that is persecuted, that is followed after by the wicked. And the same word, the Hebrew word, 7291, in the Old Testament, just translated as persecuted, is also the word in Psalm 23, verse 6. Remember that statement in the uh, wonderful psalm, in Psalm 23? Verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Jehovah forever. Follow. Follow after. It's the same Hebrew word. And this word is translated as pursued in First Samuel when King Saul was pursuing David. We read in First Samuel 23, and verse 25, Saul also and his men went to seek him, and they told David, Wherefore he came down into a rock and abode in the wilderness of Maon, and when Saul heard that, he pursued after David in the wilderness of Maon. Here we have King Saul pursuing David in the wilderness. And in Revelation 12, we have the devil pursuing the woman who has fled into the wilderness. 
And, uh, of course, Saul is an unsaved man. Uh, he's a figure of an emissary of Satan, someone who would be identified with a corporate body, Israel of old, or the Church of the New Testament. And, and therefore, he's a pawn of Satan, who was in constant pursuit of David. Why? Because David identified with the truth. David was a true child of God, and it was obvious that the Lord was with David. And and Saul, in his jealousy, uh, he he was afraid of David, and therefore he was constantly after him, seeking to slay him. But David kept escaping the forces of Saul, and and Saul was never able to destroy him. Well, let's just look at one other place in the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 14, we read in verse 8, And Jehovah hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pahai-Hiroth before Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh and the Egyptians pursued Israel after they had let them go from Egypt, and that's the word, they persecuted them. Into the wilderness, they pursued them to the Red Sea. And more than that, in verse 23 of Exodus 14, and the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And we know what happens next. God closed the sea upon them and drowned them in the Red Sea. They pursued unto the death. There, There's never any end of this persecution by Satan and his forces, his emissaries, those that are unsaved, they continually come after the people of God and and they do not stop pursuing until they are dead in the sea. And, and that's a picture of the, the wrath of God, the final destruction of the wicked. And in Exodus 15, verses 9 and 10, it says, The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. God used the enemy's evil intent in pursuing his people to bring about their final destruction. God, of course, knows uh, exactly what Satan and his mindset is. He knows what the, the unsaved people's mindset is as, as those that are in the flesh persecute those that are in the spirit and pursue after them all their life long. And, and so it is today, of course. There's no change. It's been going on uh, throughout time. It went on throughout the great tribulation period. And, and you have those that are in the flesh that follow after. They carefully listen 
They're, they're, they have their ear to the wall, trying to hear everything the true child of God, the true believers are, are involved with, the doctrines that are coming forth from the Bible. But why are they listening? In order to be critical. Why are they following after these things? So they can pronounce their bulls and edicts of heresy and, and proclaim them um cults and 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 so forth so they can they they can uh persecute them following after with an intent to find fault or to criticize to revile to to harm in some way is persecution and and it's just a word that means following after pursuing but uh, what we're following after and the purpose, our, our intent for following after something uh, makes all the difference. And the unsaved and Satan have no good intent at all when they're following after the children of God. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowships, Webcast Audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.